0: passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years and mom of four kids and not to mention everybody's best friend with fresh biblical insight she dares you to step out in raw faith.
1: Miles, Welcome to the autumn mile show this week. Happy Easter. We have entered that week of Easter. Easter is my absolutely my favorite holiday with a close second of Christmas, but there is something about Easter, new life, resurrection. I actually got saved on Easter Sunday in 1992. (laughs) So I absolutely love Easter, happy Easter. I hope you enjoy this week. I hope you recognize, remember and refresh your soul with what our Savior did for you this week and what he did by resurrecting from the dead. This is our reason for hope. This is our reason for hope. So I hope that encourages you this week. Happy Easter to all of you out there. I've got some thoughts for you. Um, You know, I I, want to talk about my boy Moses, okay? We named him, God actually named him. We did not name him. God told me two days before we got him, I'm going to give you a son and you're going to name him Moses. And uh, we got a call two days later that he was an emergency baby. And um, the adoption agency says, what do you think? And I was like, yes. Like I was literally in the car on the phone to go pick him up. But Moses is my inquisitive child. He is the kid that you name it, he asks it. He asked me the other day, mom, do you know what the solar system is? And I was like, uh, yeah, do you? And he said, uh, mom, do you know what dwarf planets are? And I actually didn't know what they were. <laughs> so I was like, uh, no, what is it? And he's like, you don't? Like, I kind of, kind of made me feel a little stupid. But um, we were in the car with Moses last week. And it was just me and my husband and Moses. And, I mean, we have a big family, so there is always multiple children in our car, okay? Um, Sometimes I leave my house and, like, go get coffee or Diet Coke just completely by myself to have complete alone time because there is always, always, always someone with us. And last week, we're driving in the car with Moses, and Eddie and I, you know, we're kind of quiet, you know, we're driving to go do whatever we're doing. Moses, one right after the other, says, Mom, do you know what the track team is? Mom, do you know what eggs taste like? Mom, do you know what it's called when a football crosses the goal line? Mom, do you know what it's called? And he prefaces his question with this. Mom, guess what? Mom, guess what? do you know mom and guess what and both and haven has picked up on this mom guess what thing um and it's amazing. It was like one point in the in the uh, car ride, I looked at Eddie and we're just like a dying laughing because it has been 20 minutes of nonstop questions about life, about dinosaurs. He was so offended that Eddie did not know what the fastest dinosaur was. And he was so offended that Eddie did not know what the smartest dinosaur was. He didn't ask me that question. He asked his dad and his dad was like, I have an absolute. Absolutely no idea. But he goes for 20 minutes and he's asking all of these questions. And we answer to the best of our ability, but my goodness, I have no idea where he is coming up with these questions. This child's mind is like, it's it's unbelievable. He asked and he asked and he asked. And I'm sitting there thinking like literally as we're driving in the car and he just keeps, we, we don't dare tell him to be quiet. Like I I don't dare tell him, please stop asking questions. I, I love the questions. And I'm I'm driving in the car as he just, like, I don't even think he cares about answers. He just wants to ask questions and he just wants to say, mom, guess what? Dad, guess what? And guess what? And guess what? And I'm thinking in the car about us with God. How many times have we asked God, hey, God, do you know what's happening in my life? Hey, God, did you see what's happening right here? Hey, God, do you see my need? Hey, God, guess what? <laughs> guess what, God? I got a promotion at work. Guess what, God? I've got I'm this. Guess what, God? Hey, God, guess what? And I think sometimes we think that God does not receive and actually love the amount of questions that we have about life, about humanity, about him, about death, about heaven, about hell. I actually think sometimes we don't ask God because we think it's ridiculous or he's not going to receive it or whatever but i'm sitting there looking at my little son who you know god knows all the questions and the answers to the questions i clearly don't but i'm sitting there looking at my little baby sons thinking to myself this is the most precious thing ever keep asking questions mommy will answer them if i can and don't you think that that is if i feel that way as an earthly mother if I look at my husband and we are smiling because it is so precious how much he's learning, how much he's growing, how much he wants to ask, how much he wants to surprise us with with his guess what? Don't you think that God is like that times 5 million? Don't you think that when God is is up in heaven and we ask him questions about life or our situation or our jobs or our marriages or ourselves, don't don't you think he is a million times more delighted than any earthly mother or father could be it gave me kind of an aha moment as i listened to the rolodex of questions going through moses's mind i wasn't frustrated i was in awe at how precious he was i think sometimes we need to think like a child rather than getting frustrated about different things, we need to ask, God, what's up with this? What's up with that? And if God, if it's the right time for him to answer you, he will. Sometimes the answers take a little bit of time, but don't stop asking. Don't stop going before your king, your father, And ask those questions that your heart desperately wants to know. Those are my opening thoughts for today. I just thought that story was so precious, you guys. I can't even handle it. I hope you enjoyed it too. I'll be back after the break with my word from the word.
0: We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this.
1: Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold.
0: Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. So
1: I actually have about 455 455- hundred things that I could talk to you guys about but I just want to tell you something so can I tell you just a praise that happened in my house last night you guys a huge huge praise a miracle some would say a miracle I say a miracle so I just want to tell you this because I just want you to know how God is still doing he is still resurrecting today He is still resurrecting our situations, our marriages. He is still resurrecting today. He is the resurrecting king. He is the one that does it. He he still does it today. He still looks into our situations that look utterly and completely hopeless and pulls us out. He still does that today. Um, Just on a personal note, and I don't think that she would mind me telling you this because, you know, she's like her mom. Like, she's she's Okay. Um, my daughter, my 15 year old daughter has been having some problems for several years. Okay. So, um, several years, uh, this is my 15 year old, not my baby, my 15 year old being a mom. You guys is like no joke, <laughs> keeping up with these kids, health situations and everything. is just no joke. So she's been having some problems for several years. She's had lots of tests done. She's had like, you know, ever all the thing. Okay. So we finally went like hardcore because they could never find anything wrong with her. So we went hardcore. We were like, we are going to figure out exactly what this is. We need to know exactly what is going on with your body. Okay. So we, we took her to the doctor and she had, let's just say several procedures done in order to just kind of figure out what was going on. Uh, With her and she was diagnosed. I won't tell you what she was diagnosed with but she was diagnosed in um, January with a disease, okay and Mama was devastated (laughs) Mama was devastated. I it was very very hard on me You know, I knew that it could potentially be something um, I knew it could potentially be in this arena this nature Um, it is you know something that uh she's there's no cure for there's a medicine for but there's no cure for and um so i took it hard she took it hard we all took it hard as a family but we began praying uh for her and you know sometimes and this is i'm i'm gonna talk about look i got my bible ready i'm gonna talk about the resurrection in just a second But this goes along with it. Um, Jesus still resurrects things. He still resurrects situations. He still resurrects diagnoses. He still resurrects marriages. So we took her to a different specialist uh, after she was diagnosed with a specific disease. I had been praying. There was about a two month, a month, month lag in between the different appointments because you know, specialists are hard to get into. And I went into the specialist and she said, well, I'm going to test her for this myself. And I know she's been diagnosed with this, but I'm gonna run my own panel of tests for it. And yesterday we found out that she does not, not, not have the disease that she was diagnosed with back in January. Her test came back one hundred percent. Are you looking for a passionate clear? speaker for your next 100 percent church function or um, fundraiser? And Autumn mouse is the right fit for you. That was As the, of of the ministry. I know ministry, it I know a was a result of prayer, ministry. you guys. I know. Autumn has not only spoken. At Mama, the country, dad, she brother, brother, sister, herself, herself grandma, grandma, grandpa. Right. We Autumn is a survivor of praying. So I want you to, to I, I is just we were I was like crying you know how you like waiting for the doctors, don't you? like, look, uh, doctors call Her you're, like, message checking of hope your phone every two seconds. Has been well, the doctor on definitely the big called internationally. me, she, said, she does not I show is signs this spiritually so you guys, this God, God still resurrects. She is a passionate for the word of God. He that situation women, resurrected, domestic violence uh, victims, my daughter's and health. I, was praying. I, I didn't even to know to find what out to pray. You, can I, you know, what do you pray? Do you pray for complete healing? Well, of course you do, but, you know, what if God doesn't know that? Okay, well, then what do you pray for? Peace of mind for her? What do you pray for her future? What do you pray for? So there were some times that I just would sit and not say anything and say, Holy Spirit, pray on my behalf. And God, Answered our prayers. She is. She does not have the disease that they said she's going to do. So this is an incredible praise report to my 15-year-old daughter who just started off her life. Um, She does. She is not going to be slapped with this, um, the diagnosis of this disease. So praise, 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 praise. Um, God is still resurrecting. He is still resurrecting. Okay, so I wanted to tell you that just because it went right in line with what I was, I was going to talk about today. Of course, all four Gospels, you guys, talk about the resurrection. All, of course they do. Of course they do. But the beautiful thing about God's Word is what I was telling you. You know, it is a tapestry. You know, all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John feed into one another. Okay? It's like a tapestry. It all goes together. Um, Today I want to talk to you about a couple of things that I think are just really interesting that people, um, just different accounts of, of what happened. There is, mark my words, there is always, always, I've lived this, I say this with authority, always, always, always a waiting period between when God gives you a promise to cling on to uh, a word when God gives you something that starts a waiting period until God fulfills the things that he said. There is always a waiting period. I do not know why we are shocked that there is a waiting period that we have to go through. Um, And maybe it's not that we're shocked that there's a waiting period that we have to go to. Maybe it's we're shocked that there is the length of a waiting period, okay? We want to wait for two days. We want to wait for two hours. We want to wait for two minutes. And oftentimes that is not the case, okay? There is a waiting period between when God tells you he's going to do something and when he actually comes through. This is written, listen, listen when I say this. A waiting period is written into every single one of our lives and every single one of God's plans for our life, okay? There is a time between when he tells us he's going to do something and when it happens. Don't be shocked. (laughs) Don't be like the Marys at the tomb. That's basically what I'm getting at. Don't be shocked. When God does what he says he's going to do, pre-waiting period, okay? It's unbelievable to me. First of all, people get mad at God for the waiting period. It's just crazy because I know it's hard. I've had to wait. I had to wait 10 years to start my ministry. 10 years to start my ministry. I had to wait three years to adopt my babies. Three, that is a long time to wait, okay? I've had to wait for all sorts of things in my lifetime. But you can't get mad at the waiting period because everyone did it. Listen to me. Jesus waited to be resurrected. Jesus waited to be resurrected. He stayed dead. He submitted to death via God the Father. And he stayed dead for three days. Don't you think he would have rather been resurrected instantly as soon as he died? I mean, I haven't asked him that question, but I'll ask him and let you know what he says. (laughs) Even Jesus had a waiting period. He stayed dead for three days. What we need to grasp hold of is if you're in that waiting period and God has said, I'm going to give you a man. I'm gonna give you a godly woman. I'm gonna give you children. I'm gonna give you a, this job. I'm gonna—you're gonna start this business. You're gonna do whatever. If God has told you something, don't get mad at Him for the waiting period, because it is necessary. For whatever reason, it is necessary. Okay, God will come through. Jesus had a waiting period. Everyone um, that crucified Jesus had a waiting period because they were sort of waiting to see if he was actually going to resurrect from the dead or not. You also have a waiting period. If Jesus was not exempt from a waiting period, you ain't either, okay? Get comfortable in the wait, and you can get comfortable in the wait. Why? Why can you be comfortable in the wait? Because God does what he says. When we get uncomfortable in the wait, we have lost faith that God will actually do what he says. Jesus was dead. He was comfortable in the wait. Like he was not going anywhere. He was inside the tomb, okay? Uh, um, But he could be comfortable in the wait of death. Why? Because he knew that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. You can be 100% comfortable in the wait, knowing this, God does what he says. Remember uh, day one, remember day one, when when I said Jesus was the word, he was the fulfillment of the word, but he also depended on the word. This is one of those times when Jesus was like, I'm depending, I'm gonna die, and I'm depending on the word of God, Because it tells me that I will be resurrected. He was the word. That is so deep. If you sit and think about it, he was the word. He uh, was the fulfillment of the word, but he also uh, depended on the word. Okay. So I'm going to go to Matthew uh, 27 today. 27. Now Jesus is buried in a borrowed tomb, which is to fulfill the prophecies about him. He said, Joseph of Arimathea gave let him borrow the tomb because he's not in it anymore. Um, And so he was buried in a tomb and you can even find pictures of the tomb if you just Google it on, you know, in your internet browser, whatever one you use. Uh, it's not fancy. It's not whatever. Maybe it was fancy back then, um, but you know, today it's just kind of like a hole in the rock, is what you can see. I'm gonna um, read this. And I'm gonna make a couple points to you guys today. Matthew 27 says this: um, 59, 27, 59, 20s. That Matthew 27, 59. Uh, this is my favorite account of the resurrection. I love it in Matthew. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean cloth, clean linen cloth, and laid it in his own new tomb. It was brand new, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. And Mary Magdalene was there. And the other Mary sitting opposite the grave. So Mary and the other Mary were sitting opposite the grave and they, they were there. They, they saw him be buried. So they saw him be buried with their own two eyes. Okay. They saw, they saw. Sometimes sight hinders our belief in God's word. Okay. Ooh, that's good. They saw him be buried. They knew intellectually he was going in that tomb And that was it. And sometimes this is why we walk by faith and not by sight. Because sometimes what we see hinders what we have heard from the Lord. And that happened to Mary and the other Mary. So they saw him be buried. They saw him. Okay. Uh, large stone against the interest of Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the grave. So they were like maybe sitting, um, you know, right a- a- across the way from the grave. Now, on the next day, the day after preparation, the chief priest, now this is very interesting. And, and this goes right along with the waiting period. And it goes right along with when God tells us something. The chief priest and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate. Remember Pilate? <sighs> pilot don't make decisions like pilot and said listen to this i want to challenge you a little bit is it possible the pharisees and the sadducees had more faith in jesus's resurrection than the disciples i actually think that might have been the case and this is why They gathered together, the chief priests and the Pharisees all gathered together and they met with Pilate and said, Sir, we remember, listen to this, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I am going to rise again. Therefore, did you hear that? Did you hear that? In Matthew 26, uh, I'm just going to go ahead to it. In Matthew 26, 32, Jesus told the disciples, this is like when he was alive, before he was uh, crucified. He said this, then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. He told the disciples plainly the night that he went into Gethsemane, you're all gonna forsake me. And after I am raised, I am going to meet up with you in Galilee. He said that with his own mouth to the disciples and they all heard it. Now, not only did they heard it, hear it, the Pharisees heard it, the chief priest heard it, the enemy heard it as well. It's interesting that, this is so good you guys, It's interesting to me that the Pharisees and the chief priest prepared for his resurrection and the disciples did not. That will preach. In our lives, Satan believes more in God than you do. He knows he does what he says. He saw it, he saw the resurrection. He's the one that used the Pharisees and the chief priests as a tool to hopefully defeat Jesus. They believed more in the resurrection than the disciples who walked with Jesus did. And I have proof because they prepared for it. This is so good. Do not let the enemy have more faith in God than you do. Do not let the enemy believe more in God's power than you do. Do not let the enemy prepare for what God will do and you just become depressed and discouraged and give up on him. The enemy believes more in Jesus than you ever will and he proves it because he prepares for his word. Y'all, that is so good. If that does not shake you to the core, I really just don't know what will. I just don't know what will. The Pharisees prepared, the disciples accepted. How frustrating is it to me when someone's like, well, I've just given up on the Lord because I had to wait one year for my promise and it never came to, really? Jesus had to be encased in a body for 33 years waiting for his moment, you can't wait 12 months. Come on. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together. Sir, we remember. I just told you in Matthew 26, Jesus was telling everyone, I'm going to rise again from the dead, y'all, in three days. This is not a word that he had given them 30 years ago. The prophets did, but he did not. He he was telling them, I'm going to rise from the dead. Remember my words. Remember what I'm telling you. Well, the Pharisees did. And uh, they went in with Pilate. We remember when the deceiver said, this is Matthew 26, 63. When he was still alive, after three days, I'm gonna rise again. Therefore, give orders, Pilate. Give orders, Pilate. Give orders for the grave to be made secure. (sighs) Until the third day, otherwise his disciples may come and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have my permission. I have ripped down my Bible, but I'm ad-libbing there. Go and make it as secure As you know how. Oh, this passage is so good. And they went and they made the grave secure. And along with the guard, they set a seal on the stone. Listen to me now. They believe more in the resurrection than the old disciples did. Because Mary and and the other Mary were watching him being buried. So they thought, this is impossible. He's never going to come back from this. What about everything that he said to me? Well, the Pharisees were worried while they were doubting. They were active while they were doubting. They were active while they were saying, "Um, oh, this is, I can't believe this is happening. Our lives are over. Even though he said he was gonna rise again. I mean, I am just, I'm so heartbroken for this. The Pharisees believed when they did not. And what did they do? They went to the powers that be. They went to the authority that was set before them, which was Pontius Pilate. And what did Pilate say to them? Make it as secure as you know How? They set some stupid seal as if it would stop Jesus. (laughs) This part is like, this is where the pride of the Pharisees and the chief priest comes in. They're like, "Hmm, hmm." we'll roll a stone, although the stone was already rolled. I know how we can make it secure, guys. I've got a great idea, guys. I've got a great idea. We'll set one soldier there. (laughs) And then we'll put a seal that will secure it forever. Jesus predicted he was going to raise himself from the dead. And you put a measly little seal? How's that going to stop the Lord? Guys, 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 guys. They made it as secure as they knew how. As they knew how. I wonder what Jesus thought from heaven as he was like, Guys, they got a seal. (laughs) They got the rubber stamp. They did it all. They put the signet ring in there. Uh, Oh, oh, oh. There's a seal, guys. There's a seal. We need a little extra. We need a little extra manpower on the resurrection. There's a seal. It is so absurd to even think of. Oh, oh, there's a seal. You think God was quaking when they put their little seal on top of the ground? No. He was lovingly saying, oh, they have no idea. They have no idea. But it was as secure as they knew how. Let me tell you something. Friend, sister, brother, dear one. The enemy only secures it as good as he knows how was a word for somebody. The enemy only secures it as good as he knows how. It always fails. Always. It always fails. It always fails. It always looks feeble. It always is powerless. It always will fall short when Jesus's power is unleashed. He only makes it as secure as he knows how. He doesn't have the mind of God. He has the mind of the enemy. He only does it as much as he knows how. But when Jesus steps up to the plate, every arrow, every, Weapon that is formed against you will fail. The seal <laughs> made out of rubber, I don't even know what it was made out of. I'll do some research, I'll tell you, failed. But they made it as secure as they know how. They believed resurrection was going to happen and they prepared for it. The disciples accepted the death as final. And they stopped believing. They made it as secure as they knew how. Because they don't know how to stop the power of God. They can't. They don't have that wisdom. It is infinite. Matthew 28. And then I'm almost done. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they watched them the bury him, came to look at the grave. You know how you go look after you, um, after you lose someone, you know, you'll go and you'll visit the grave. You know they're not there. You know they're not. But it's, there's something comforting about that, uh, right? So they go and they, they look at the grave. Listen, and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat on top of it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guard, the guard that they made the tomb secure with, the guard, as much as they knew how, (laughs) it just makes me laugh. The guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He isn't here, he has risen just as he said, come see the place. Where he was laying and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold he is going ahead of you into Galilee where you will see him behold I have told you okay what did the angel say behold he's risen he's going ahead of you to Galilee Matthew 26 says this when Jesus talked to his disciples But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. So the angel recited the exact same words that Jesus told the disciples right before he was taken into custody in Gethsemane. Behold, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. So go meet up with him, okay? Behold, after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. If that didn't convict those two women who you know heard what Jesus said, I just don't know what will. He has risen just as he said. Behold, go tell the disciples he's going ahead of you to Galilee just like he told you at Matthew 26. But go ahead. He didn't chastise them. I just am in my own mind. Last point and then I'm done. Matthew accounts of a severe earthquake. None of the other gospels do, okay? Matthew accounts actually of two severe earthquakes, one when he died and then one when he was risen. I did study on this earthquake. It says right here, and behold, Matthew 22:2, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. Uh, so first things first. A severe earthquake had occurred. That guess what? A seal could never overpower. <laughs> it's just hilarious. The second thing is that a severe earthquake had occurred. And as I did study, this was not just like a little rumble that you know you hear that happens in California. Texas, we don't really get earthquakes, but there are parts of the world that get that get severe earthquakes, or you'll feel a little rumble and the walls will shake or whatever. This is an earthquake that would have been categorized as uh, a disaster this is an earthquake that everyone would have felt it would have been a disaster probably would have destroyed buildings it would have destroyed uh houses this is not just some small earthquake and the last thing i want to tell you about this is not only did jesus have to submit to the waiting period of three days dead to rise again the earth had to submit to the waiting period of holding the creator in for three days everyone was submitting in this situation creation was submitting to the creator Creation had to say, okay, we'll hold Jesus down for three days in the tomb. Uh, you know, if you don't remember that, that verse, if we don't worship, the rocks will cry out. Jesus was buried inside of a rock in the side of the wall. That's what a tomb was. The earth was literally quaking in submission, holding Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in until they got the okay from God the Father to release him. And when they released him, the earth could not stand to hold him. So there was a severe earthquake that took place because the creation cannot hold the creator without some sort of reaction. The earth had a waiting period, too. And it had to submit to orders of hold Jesus in for three days. If we don't worship, the rocks will cry out. Those rocks had to submit to the order. And they did. And the earth quaked violently when he was resurrected. Y'all. Jesus is alive. I could cry. This was good today. This is a good word. Share it. Share it, share it, share it. Share it with your mamas, your sisters, your daughters, whatever. Share it, share it, share it. Jesus is alive. He is alive. I know it because I live by it. I'm desperate for it. I need it. Jesus is alive. He is active. He is risen just as he said he was going to do. You can have hope because of that. And remember, when God gives us a word, there is a waiting period until we see the fulfillment. It is written in your plan it is written in your circumstance it is written in your trial it is written it is written into your life there is a waiting period between the word God gives and the fulfillment of it it is a thing don't hate the wait don't be mad at God for the wait because you know how it ends because if God said it he does it love you guys I'll see you next time Woo! this is so good so good guys
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.